Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick. Well, the aesthetics market has witnessed astronomical growth in recent years, and one Irish-based company which has enjoined us both in the domestic and international markets is Sisu Clinic. Its co-founder, Dr. Brian Cotter, joins us on the phone now to tell us more. Brian, we'll be discussing the success of Sisu Clinic, which was co-founded with your brother James Cotter and serial entrepreneur Pat Phelan. But first, I'd like to get an insight into your own background. Good morning, Carl. Thanks very much for having me. So I'm a medical doctor by profession. Graduated from Charles University back in 2012. Went on to do general surgery and orthopedics. Always had a keen interest in aesthetics. I guess myself and my brother James was also co-founder of the business. We entered into the aesthetics market, taking surgical principles and practices. Uh, and I guess we've been in we've been in the space now for about the last ten years. So, how did the opportunity come about to set up Sisu? Well, I suppose for James and myself, we were practicing aesthetics. We previously had a series of clinics which started in Cork, where we're from, called Visage Clinic. Uh, Back in probably 2018, 2019, Pat Phelan, who's one of James's lifelong friends, had just returned from the US after selling his company TrustDev. And the three of us sat down and we had had a chat about what was already a scalable business. And I think the idea to really bring it to the worldwide audience was born at that point. And Brian, where did you see Pat Phelan adding value to the business? I suppose, okay, anybody who's met Pat knows that his pedigree as an entrepreneur is, is, is there. He's had multiple scale-ups, start-ups, exits. I think the big thing that we found with Pat is, number one, we're all friends, which makes things fantastic to work side-by-side side with people that you actually enjoy working with. And I think having been within the U.S. market before, Pat has an exceptional skill set to place people and link people together. And I think, you know, he always talks about building out a bench. And I think he had that level of experience to, I suppose, effectively bring people together that we require to scale the business. So what was the vision for Sisu when you did sit down and do that deal? The vision with it was to become the world's largest provider of, of aesthetic treatments. I think we're well on our way at that point now. Currently, we have 22 clinics spanning three countries, two continents. The main goal and aim for us is to have 200 clinics within the US, about 60 clinics in the UK. And I think in Ireland currently, we have about 16, 17 clinics, so we'll probably bring that up to around 20. And what we find within this space is, it, is it's wide open. There's no identifiable brand within the market. And with CC, what we're creating is a brand that, that people look at, that they trust, that they understand that they're going to have safe treatments by medical providers. And whilst there's no one global brand dominating that market, did you take any inspiration from any other retail style brands? That's a great question. I think for me, when I always talk about this space, it was medical retail meets fashion. So it's very interesting. You'll find out on the high street, a lot of businesses and a lot of retail is probably moving a little bit more towards services. So, for example, you know, you'll find even the aesthetic space like hair, beauty, nails, they're all becoming much more omnipresent in the space. I think for me, probably the blend with, with high-end fashion, um, you know, if you take any of the brands that are in that space where you associate quality, experience, value, I think they're the things that we look at as, as kind of leading lights for what we're doing with CC. And of course, this aesthetics area is experiencing phenomenal growth, not just here in Ireland, but overseas. Talk to us about that. 
It's huge growth. You know, the total addressable market with the space, it's it's very hard to assess because there's two things that are happening. One is that you have this expanding market and also you have, uh, I suppose, the development of the space where people are becoming much, much more aware of it in terms of, you know, how to assess the, the market value of it. In the US, it's, it's, it's probably close to $50 billion a year. It's a very, very big space. Within Ireland, we estimate that the market value within the aesthetics industry is somewhere probably between 200 to 250 million euros a year. So, and that's increasing dramatically. And given those stats, it's hard to believe that it's still an unregulated market, isn't it? It's a big thing for particularly with my brother and myself, James, or as the medical directors within the business. Um, it's something that concerns us deeply. We have written letters to the HPRA. We have written letters to the Minister of Health. The big thing that has to happen here is a legislation piece has to come online um, for people that I suppose aren't aware of the space. The two main things we do are things like Botox and something called a dermal filler. Botox is a drug. It's quite well regulated in terms of prescriptions. It's doctors and dentists that are allowed to prescribe and administer. Dermal fillers are classed as a medical device, and unfortunately, anybody can get their hands on them. And you'll have the kind of tier one pharma companies that tend to only deal with medical people. But somebody who's not medically trained can go on the internet, buy a dermal filler, and inject it into somebody's face. And that's very, very scary because dermal fillers can cause blindness, you can get infections, you can get vascular occlusions, which are blockages of vessels. It's something that the medical community that are involved in aesthetic medicine are very concerned about. Uh, unfortunately, it seems to be falling on deaf ears, and ultimately, legislation comes on the back end of a catastrophe. So someday something is going to happen and there'll be outcry over it. And with that in mind, Brian, talk to us about the process that CISU follows with clients to ensure that they are ethically advised and that they are suitable for the treatments required. Yeah, a big thing again for us is, is it's Dr. Len and James and myself that had this conversation from day one. It sounds kind of odd from a business perspective, but nobody needs what we do. You don't need it. If you're having chest pain, you need to go to the hospital. If somebody comes in and says, what do I need? The first thing we'll always say to them is, well, you don't need anything. The biggest thing we find around the process is, is information and communication. Um, people will intrinsically be afraid of the things that they don't necessarily understand. So often when you give a consultation that's very heavy on information, it allows the patient to feel comfortable with this. What we also tend to do is we are guardians and guides. So we have to be able to get into a position where we explain to people what's suitable for them, what treatment to have. If we find the patients are non-suitable for treatments, we don't treat them. And I think that's a big differentiator. We don't particularly care what you spend. It's more about connecting you with the correct treatment. And how has Zoom played a role in driving the demand in this area? It's been very interesting. And, you know, a lot of people have probably heard about the Zoom boom. We did find that kind of post-pandemic, we saw this exponential increase in in, in people coming into the clinic who, who quite openly maybe never would have stepped foot in an aesthetic clinic. The pandemic had a lot of people on Zoom calls, even for myself, us planning out our growth into the US. I was spending a lot of time on, on a screen and I started to notice certain differences in certain things. And, and in reality, when somebody looks at a, at a screen, they're not seeing the reflection that they see with their own eyes, like you would see in a mirror. So, you know, we found that we had a lot of men coming into the clinic for under eye treatments because they were just looking at themselves in the screen and they were looking looking more tired. So I do think that it opened up the space even more. 
Now, you mentioned that SISU currently provides services in the area of Botox and Dermafiller. What else do you do in SISU and where do you see that product range going from here? Primarily, the mainstay of the business, you're correct, is things like Botox, dermal fillers. We do a lot of what we call skin boosters now, which are these uh, these new, typically hyaluronic acid-based injectables. We inject it in under the skin, and they're like collagen boosters. So what they effectively do is they increase your own tissues production of things like collagen and elastin. Sculpture is another treatment we do an awful lot of. Um, that's something that, again, boosts collagen production. And then things like thread, or thread lifts, like these one-stitch facelifts that can be done in about 15-20 minutes. They don't require any anesthesia or anything like that. So I think overall the market is going to move into, I think tissue quality is probably going to be one of the biggest things that people are going to see over the next two to three years. So, you know, things like topical creams, I think now people will be not necessarily asking what you're using in terms of creams, but who are you going to see in terms of your aesthetic and injectable treatment. You've also been successful in scaling this business overseas in both the UK and recently started to scale into the US. But talk to us about your approach to the US market. Interestingly enough, it's not that dissimilar to what we're doing in Ireland. It's a very patient-centric approach. It's medicine first, business second. What we found within scaling out within the US is we have two clinics in New York, in Soho and in Flatiron. We're building a third in Brooklyn. We have two in Miami, building a third. And we are just opening one in Houston this week. What we kind of find within the US with it is that it's a very noisy space. There's a lot of competition within the market. But the big thing you notice around the US is that it's very sales-orientated. And with clinics we've opened thus far, we find that the feedback we're getting is incredible because it's very information-based. We're not selling things to people because it's more around a discussion as to what's going to give them the best result. And I think that is a big differentiator within CSU within the market. And I think also from the perspective of brands, you know, we're building beautiful clinics in high-end locations. I think it gives the consumer and it gives patients another degree of confidence. And what's the plan in relation to the US market? How many SISU clinics are you hoping to open there? We have a runway for about 200 clinics to open probably in the next four to four and a half years. So currently we will have seven clinics open, I think, by about May. So we'll have three in New York, three in Florida, one in Houston. We have runway then to primarily focus on Manhattan in the next phase. So we want to to really view New York as a, as a CSU hub. And then we will move out across the East Coast, probably move into to, you know, the, the mid-east of the, of the U.S. So Chicago is on our list, Boston, Philadelphia, North Carolina. We think that the opportunity in the U.S. for scale is just vast. It is, you know, even when I'm there, I look at it and just by the sheer volume and how people consume it in the U.S., it is the perfect environment for scaling a business. And in terms of an exit plan here, Brian, I know that you've taken on a lot of venture capital. Is the plan to build this to sell it over the next five to seven years? I think there's various options with it. I mean, we're venture-backed. We've got great partners in, in Greycroft who are based out of New York. And we also have Montage Ventures and Bullpen who are San Francisco-based. I think for us, as we go along and go through the process, we're going to learn new things as the business grows. Main goal for us is, you know, it would be a fantastic 
I think a dream for Pat, myself and James to, to publicly list a company. So an IPO is, is something that we would consider. Uh, but our main focus at the moment is, is to grow the business as large as we can whilst maintaining just a quality that is going to allow us to, to be market leaders within the space. And of course, as we said a number of times, one of your business partners is Pat Phelan, serial entrepreneur from Cork. What have you learned from Pat working alongside him over the past number of years? Lots of things. Um, I'm kind of laughing because where, where do I begin? I think the biggest thing is, you know, between Pat and myself, I'm 36. I'm back to now 57. There's 21 years between us. I think Pat's general life experience and business experience has taught me a lot. I think there's a mentorship piece there. I would probably say the one thing that I've learned most from him is to put myself in somebody else's shoes. And I mean that from the perspective of business dealings, how we're interacting with people, to try and understand what somebody else wants or what somebody else needs. And I think having that ability to work towards that goal of everyone being happy, that's that's sitting there, everybody feeling that they have value out of the interaction or the business dealing. I'd probably say that's one of the biggest things I got from Pat and, you know, we, we also have quite a lot of fun when we're working together, which is which is great. Well, if you've just tuned in, that was Dr. Brian Cotter from Sisu Clinic, and we wish Brian continued success with the expansion plans. Southeast Radio's Business Matters with Carl Fitzpatrick.